0: Hi, my name is Johnny Marr. I'm a musician, guitar player, singer, and songwriter. Worked with various groups over the last thirty odd years, and now put records out under my own name. Work on some films sometimes too. The uh, first time I had a awareness of design and what it was was part of pop culture, and it was the first. T-Rex singles that I started buying uh, on the EMI label. Um, There was a series of singles for a few years that all had a navy blue label with a red uh, graphic on of Mark Boland's face, his image, and then the name of the group, T-dot, as we now say, R-E-X, which in itself was a very strong graphic. Uh, and I don't think before or since there's ever been a record with a, the graphic of the artist's face on all the labels. So uh, that was very striking. And because they were my favorite band at the time, it worked. The, I'm assuming that um, there's a whole load of uh, things you can read into that graphic. One is an incredible amount of ego. Um, But I suppose to use a really reductive modernist term, it was branding, I guess. Uh, There's always been, obviously, there's always been branding. It's never been called branding like it is today. But um, up to that point, the records, so I was about nine or 10 when I had this awareness from these T-Rex records. Up until then, your parents' records and records you borrowed and all of that definitely had um, graphics on, but they, they were definitely more corporate. So you had the series of Parlophone records, and that would be Cliff Richard records, Silla Black, obviously the Beatles. So the iconography, if you like, or it's hard not to say branding these days, but that that identity was an overall umbrella identity for, uh, of the Parlophone artists and um, and then CBS and all of that. So you got used to you got used to certain artists being on records under a aesthetic, yeah, uh, you know, under a specific aesthetic, which we now know as being corporate, but. This T-Rex thing I'm talking about was completely different because it was, for a start, it was new. It was completely exclusively portraying pictorially one artist who was about youth culture. And in my case, about being a fan. Um, And and it was, uh, in a way, it was a sort of strike of independence because uh, although T-Rex's records were part of the EMI group you kind of ignored the EMI label and you just were expecting with every purchase to see the T-Rex logo and very strikingly the artist's face I guess it's maybe I don't know I think before that maybe a singular artist with a similar kind of uh, uh um Identity and uh, familiarity, maybe a rec- recognizability, that's a word, would have been Elvis Presley, I guess. If you'd have seen a sort of vector of Elvis Presley's silhouette, say from Jailhouse Rock, you, w- you would have known it was Elvis Presley or someone doing an impersonation of him. So, uh, it, you know, in a, in a way he became an archetype. Um, and Bolan was doing that himself. He was becoming his, his own archetype and sending out a very uh, successful and effective message to his audience. Um, This coincided with this love of pop culture and first and foremost, the music happened to me, as I say, around about nine or 10, and I was a fairly artistic person anyway, and I used to like drawing and I'd already been playing the guitar for a couple of years, just messing around and trying trying to learn on a toy one, really, toy guitar. But um, uh, I think of that time as being really uh, the start of me drawing all kinds of graphics on pieces of paper and on my school books and my school bag. And, when I look back on it now, there was uh, things like the Rolling Stones iconic. This is the 70s, so you know, the Rolling Stones having their Carly's tongue uh, was very of its time. So I, I saw that mouth and tongue logo on people wearing them on badges and patches, so on patches. And I think people were wearing the mouth and tongue insignia who weren't even aware that it was anything to do with the Rolling Stones. It was very much part of the early 70s kind of fashion, if you like. Uh, It's very American. It's very post-hippie. It's very groovy. um, It has all kinds of uh, inference in it, sexual... It's you know you almost expect the line the the line turn on or tune in or drop out underneath it so it is very groovy uh, but obviously it was it, it was the domain of the Rolling Stones and Mick Jagger and that again quite was a quite a knowing uh, adoption of their and pushing of their own image almost like Mick Jagger back then was. You know, first thing people thought about wasn't even singing. They thought about him having big lips. So it's quite a knowing sort of nod. And then off you go, Them. if I'm thinking about it now, as a as a child growing up in the Northwest, the TV uh, Granada logo was something that I watched, saw every day of my life, uh, which that came on around about tea time with the news, and then you saw the ITN things, and um, you know, and then quite quickly, as a lot alongside music, I've got into quite quite interested in visual arts, and um, and then in school, you know, when I was old enough to pick my own lessons, um, I, 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 art was one of the things that I was one of the what the what the Americans call majoring. In. As one of my old level subjects, and um, and I was off then, so I was always drawing and painting, and and I was actually more interested in graphic art than traditional or certainly historic art or figurative art or any of the other kind of uh, pictorial arts. I think, and and probably still am, I guess, architectural and graphic uh imagery is what i'm sort of more kind of more drawn to really. and then that fit you know, as you get older that you then kind of refine that and explore it more and the more you explore it the more educated you get the more you dig into your tastes i think so it all goes back to a pop group with me which isn't really that much of a surprise i guess what i'm working on now is is the very very last bits of my solo record uh four. the fourth solo album I say solo record i have a group of course now no, you know no i've got no business sitting behind a drum kit but uh but i do write and uh and compose the music myself and produce it with a co-producer uh and it, i'm right at the end of it now so it does feel like As always, it's the kind of end of a certain kind of odyssey, in a way. It kind of always has to be that way for me. I I probably should grow out of that by now, but uh, and and find a more uh, balanced way of doing it, where I'm not actually a lunatic. But it it just becomes all-encompassing, and, uh, you know, whether it's waking up in the middle of the night to change literally one word of a lyric or... Put a the in front of a title, um, you know, uh, or break off from socialising to go and record a guitar part into my phone. It's it's just all encompassing and um, completely takes over my life and therefore the life of the people around me. So uh, it's uh, it's very satisfying when it's finished and uh, like all things that you know, if you put a lot of work into it. The more you put into it, the more you get out of it. So I'm feeling quite, quite satisfied uh, and um, quite eager for these last, last sort of couple of weeks to be done now. So just kind of mastering and um, uh, what else has got to be done? Yeah, you know, finishing off the sleeve and these kind of exciting things, really. So yeah, solo album for all. All the songs are all recorded and just mastering it now. If I was to give any creative students advice. For me, the, more, the most important thing is that when you are creating something particularly at the start of uh, an endeavor, um, either a painting or a novel or um, some songs, a little movie, whatever, I think what helps me is instead of thinking, I'm going to write... I want to try and write a really great song that expresses our feel. I tend to think I'm going to write a bunch of them. Uh, so, because I think there's a trap you can put yourself in of, it's almost like you're trying to build the Taj Mahal. You're trying to put you become, one can become so idealistic and so ambitious, and it can be so meaningful that you almost paralyze yourself with the enormity of the task. So, it's a, it's a great trick of the brain to say, I'll, I'll do quantity. So in other words, in, in my field, instead of going, okay, I need an interim song. We, I want to put a song out in between these albums. I'd probably be better served to go, I'm going to try and write five or six songs. And, and don't be afraid to fail. In other words, throw stuff out. The best example I can give is is, uh, on my second solo record, which is called, no, on the first solo record, which is called The Messenger. uh, When I came to write it, I already had a few ideas and I was playing with the band The Cribs at the time. And when I told the fellas that in the year off that we're having that, listen, I'm gonna have to go my own way because I've got a record that I need to make. I, I told them that my intention was to write 30 songs. Um, and um, obviously, you know, that's that's like uh, almost uh, three times what you need for a record. But I set myself the task of writing 30 songs, which I actually did. And um, it takes away that uh, that kind of antsy kind of over perfectionism it brings in a kind of playfulness and a sort of freedom and a sort of gives you gives you a bit of a pass to do something kind of casually now very importantly i remember we got to about song 16 17 and i was writing it i'd written it i've been in the studio with a co-producer and uh we've been working during the week and it was a Friday afternoon and it was on those sunny Friday afternoons. So you had that feeling like you do when you're a kid. And I've written about 16 or 17 songs and I was demoing these, these things. And I kind of went, do you know this? All right, well, I've got a whole load of tracks down. I've got more than enough for an album. And uh, it's a Friday afternoon and it got to about, I don't know, two o'clock in the afternoon. I so, thought, well, well, we could finish now. We've had a good week's productivity. Or I could just knock off, why just knock off a tune in a couple of hours? I've, I've got a bunch. And it turned out to be one of my favorite songs because I I wasn't trying to build the Taj Mahal, I was just knocking off the chin. Uh, So that it's a a paradoxical because when you go into something, you obviously want your quality control up and you want to make something of immense value. But that in itself can just weigh too heavy on you. So you you get my point. You uh, just go for a load of quantity and that freedom as long as, you, as, long as you, you're not just phoning it in. So if I was commissioned uh, to come up with, say, five pieces of graphic, uh, a, a good piece of graphic art, I'd probably give myself the remake to do four or five and enjoy that. Uh, uh, and even with lyrics, you um, so when I've got a song that is very important, and, and um, you know, it's, 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 you know, it, it is, as I say, it is paradoxical because I know it's kind of life or death to me at the time. Um, a, a good part of the process, which is something that I got from David Byrne when I was working on, with Talking Heads, was that he wrote one set of lyrics on a big uh, A3 paper. So, I tend to have these huge big books, A2 and A3, blank pages, and write one set of lyrics to go with the sort of vibe of the track, and then write another set of lyrics, and then a third set of lyrics. And then you just look at those three and you just cherry pick the good stuff instead of sitting there agonizing over the opening line of this, of your new opus, the next Bohemian Rhapsody, you know. I don't always do that, but but I've done it plenty and I've done it on this new record. And again, it's just this thing of, so my advice is really work hard, do not be lazy, follow the passion, but yeah, do it in a way that takes the pressure off if you can, and it's a little bit of a mental trick. You know you're gonna be working on this book or uh, painting or film anyway, um because that's what creativity is but um but try and find ways of give yourself a few doors so you can enjoy it because it can get a little claustrophobic in there sometimes